brave humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. And I am Jared. And he's Jared. Jared, As it's the always. 100th episode. 100 episodes, woo! Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing on this, the day of our 100th forecast recording? I say, man, it doesn't certainly doesn't feel like 100 episodes. I'd say it only feels like maybe 10 or so for me. Uh, I don't know how the time just flew by. Uh. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, how are you doing? You've been here since the inception, so. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I mean, this has been one of the most regular things, honestly, in my life since 2020 uh the forecast like that is very good thing to have <laughs> yeah it's it's nice to have some some consistency uh you know i mean i've missed a few episodes here and there so it's probably episode like 95 for me i guess technically or something like that but um yeah it's good it, it's cool it's uh it's neat it's uh i i don't know it's uh it's great uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Hundred years of the forecast. Let's go. Hundred years forever. Hundred forevermore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I um, I appreciate everybody who listens to the show, whether they're just starting listening or they've never listened before and never will. I appreciate those people the most. No, I appreciate everybody uh, you know who's listened, who enjoys it. Uh, it's really nice. Um, you know, it's good to hear that folks from Devolver will listen to it. Uh, a lot of people did think that it stopped after Robbie left, and technically, I suppose, in a way, it did. Because um, with JM at the helm, it's 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 it's. Going well, I was going to say, fast. once you got me on, it took a massive dip in quality. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't blame anybody for jumping off on season two. It just. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. Um, I hope people enjoy it and continue to enjoy it. It's, it's tricky, the podcast medium, because there's not a lot of direct feedback. So you really don't know if anyone likes it. <laughs> you just got to hope for the best, I suppose. <laughs> just got to hope for the best. <laughs> it is nice. A uh, big shout out to everybody who's in the Devolver Discord, who chats in the forecast channel and lets us know that they're enjoying an episode or that certain things like you know meant something to them and, and stuff like that that's uh that really helps that a is lot awesome yeah i love seeing yeah. that so thanks y'all for that please continue to let us know how the show is going <laughs> um, um well did we so it's 100 episodes did we plan anything special or or are we just going to talk well, about the fact that Jared, it's the 100th episode for an hour? La last night, mm -hmm. in honor of the 100th episode, yes. I beat Elden Ring. Oh, God fucking yeah. damn it. Why am <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I don't Thanks. know if I've made progress in that game or not, because I have no idea what the fuck is going on. No? Nope, but well, it's fun. that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I, I'm going to tell you this. You're probably nowhere near the end. I anticipate um, that I'm not. <laughs> what a what a long long game yeah um you know some people so i'm playing the game and i'm using magic and i'm playing with friends and stuff like that and i you know use the summons and all that stuff and it's fun because you know people are like oh the game needs an easy mode and it actually kind of has that you know there are 
you know, it's a challenging game no matter what, but you can get help from friends. You can get help from, you know, spells and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But some people actually play the game without any of that. Those, like, diehard Souls guys. Just diehard, hardcore Souls people. And coincidentally, uh, someone from one of my absolute favorite dev teams is actually playing the game that way. And so in honor of our 100th episode, we have two-thirds of Deconstruct team on the forecast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jordi DePaco and Marina Gonzalez. Hola! Hello! <laughs> I was so eager to talk about Elden Ring when oh you started. God. I'm so lucky that you gave us an <laughs> opportunity. So how far are you in Elden Ring? And you're, so you're just playing clean. Yeah, I mean, we beat it twice at this point. Yeah, and I'm on the third run right now. So, yeah. But Both make it like no new, new game plus, plus, <laughs> like a new, it's called yeah. new, new Journey 3. Journey 3 is right now, yeah, Journey 3. it is. Hmm. Uh, no, no, no summoning, no magic. No, no, no. Only, no uh, only, only sweat and blood and swords. And even no shield most of the game. <laughs> what? It's not it's not healthy. I mean I do not recommend it. Hmm. Damn, Sometimes it, it took me suck like, games. <laughs> no no I mean it took me like three days at some of the bosses. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. being stubborn mm. and trying to beat them. Like not in the proper way, just like uh, clashing against them again yeah. and again. So uh, for each of you, who is the toughest boss for you? Ooh. Mm. I mean, but you beat it. We're not going to spoil. Ah, yeah, yeah, you said you beat it. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. you don't have to. You don't have to describe them. Just say their name. Yeah, name, yeah. Name. yeah I, I'd say I'm between Malenia and I don't know if Maliketh drove me a bit crazy because Maliketh Maybe. with no magic and no stuff is pretty tough. I'm going to say Malenia. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah. my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Yeah, mm. it's so cool. She's so yes. she's so great. Yes. Uh, well, fantastic. I had thought, honestly, I because I knew that that you were playing clean, no summons, no magic, no help, uh, and I thought that I was roughly keeping pace with you because you'd because uh, Jordy had posted something about Melania mm. and uh, I was like oh I'm about where they are so cool like them playing like hardcore and me playing baby mode uh, is about the same but no you've, you're on your third playthrough okay <laughs> yeah, but right? the, the, that, that tweet was on the proper yeah, yeah, first yeah. playthrough I, I mean, mean the second one only took us took us like a weekend because we skipped mm. through most of the optional content and went straight to the final okay. boss to yes, go through it yeah the first run okay. took us like <clears throat> um, 200 hours yes maybe yes. Okay. so okay. a lot of time I mean because we play the games like with this slow pace that we like to look mm. everywhere around the corners around. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, for us, Elden Ring has a photo mode. We use the oh. binoculars, right? And yes. and we take it. photos of everything. <laughs> just removing the the UI and just mm. taking photos of the corpses 
looking at the, the little teeth. Especially the corpses, yeah, because because the enemies you you barely can can see them because they yeah. they don't stop moving and attacking yeah. you and stuff. Once you kill them, you can just crouch and look faces. at their faces. <laughs> so you're saying you're not good enough to take a picture of them while they're still alive. No, I mean, that, that's going to be like Journey 4 is going about life. <laughs> Imagine taking photos of Malenia while she dances around you. Wow. Oh my God. Get that waterfowl dance in action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It drove me crazy. Um, nice. Well, cool. Jared, you have so much to look forward to. I do. I do. So much. Uh... <laughs> Uh, beating my head against a wall, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't be playing the hard way, though. That's true. I'm playing um, easy mode. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all are y'all are most of Deconstruct team. Um, creators of Gods Will Be Watching, and then the DLC for that, the Red Strings Club, most recently, um, Essays on Empathy. That's right. Yes. Uh, all nothing like the Souls games. Yeah, <laughs> not, at all. not at all. Not at all. You know what? Gods will be watching. Actually, yeah. Uh, On its release, it was called the Dark Souls of point and click games, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's oh. fair. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I mean, I guess uh, so. Yeah, y'all y'all do pixel art, point and click games. For anyone who doesn't know, Deconstruct Teams games are incredible. They're wonderful. Um, um, how did y'all come together as a team? Hmm. Um, I always wanted to make games since like I was six. Like when you ask a kid if they want to be an astronaut or something like that, I wanted to be a game developer. And at some point along the way, I decided that that was uh, an impossible dream because by that time, uh, it was it felt like games were were made by super engineers and you needed to be like mm-hmm. super good at math and stuff like that. And and decided just to to let that go and became a web developer. And and eventually, I had a, a life crisis after five years making websites. It felt so repetitive and I was a bit stuck in that lifestyle and asked myself a really critical questions like, if I don't do anything about this, this is how how I'm going to die. Like pretty dramatic. Like if I don't change anything, that's it. This is my job. This is my life. And decided just to give it my all and start making games, but decided to, to start making them like the smallest games I could because I had bad experiences in the in the past trying to make games with people like mm-hmm. let's try and make Final Fantasy but better that kind of <laughs> in, initiatives and and just decided to start on my own so I didn't have I wouldn't have anyone to blame if that didn't happen and I started making really really small games like if I cannot make a game on a weekend I'm not going to be able to produce a game that needs like a year of development so I started doing like game jams, joining Ludumdare and mm-hmm. and making silly experiments really. I didn't really know when I started making games, I think I took it took me a year to discover that there was a thing called game design. I wasn't aware <laughs> that there was a thing called game design. To me it was the guys 
the guy with the ideas and the guy who makes art and the guy who writes and stuff like that. And I remember that after a year or so making making small experiments, uh, most of them look really shitty because I was doing the art myself. They had no sound or anything. And here is where, where Marina comes. Basically, I, I always say that the construct team is a, build, a team built on pity on mercy because basically marina saw what i was doing and was like okay i'm going to do the art for you because this is so lame and I mean... it's not like that it wasn't that lame it wasn't like that i mean but yeah most most more or less i mean you asked me if i wanted to to help you with the art and i was um working as a graphic designer after studying fine arts and yeah i mean i didn't thought Mm, anyone, any, no, anyone, no, any, any time in my life that video games, making video games was possible because I played video mm. games and I was like, well, this is something that other people do <laughs> and, mm. and I didn't know anything about them. And suddenly you were making them and I realized, wow, this is a thing that you can do. And it was super cool to start helping you and learning pixel art and everything and, and see that that was something... Uh, Bailable? No, it's not the world. Um, yeah, something that you could do. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it was a bit of a. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel. I mean, I. She tells it that way, but I know it was pity. And <laughs> but eventually, we we kept publishing now with uh, better graphics. Mm-hmm. Our experiments online. It was always browser games because we found out that it was super hard to get anyone to play your games. So we need to remove any barriers, like having them mm. to download a game or anything. So we just try to make them uh, one click away from playing those games. So we make browser games and post them online, share it with friends, trying to learn the ropes and discover ourselves also as game developers because the games I like are not the same as the games that I, I can make. Mm-hmm. Mm, because at the beginning I was trying to make like platformer games or more action things uh, and stuff and eventually we tried something little that was about it was a steampunk post-apocalyptic hacking simulator that was uh, more heavy on the narrative mm-hmm. and that was like our be our first blip on the radar like it yeah, got some attention yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it was heavy on the narrative and it had characters and it has a development of stuff and people uh, suddenly connected with people so it was, ooh, something is going on here. I don't really like games in which I have to read. I'm going to confess it, even if I'm a game That's writer. That's not true. That's not really true. Then you play games that you, I mean, I that you read. I play them, but I'd rather be playing Elden Ring, Uncharted, Gran Turismo, stuff like that. That's who, who, who I am as a player. Mm-hmm. But then I discovered that I later we made HS of Irving, which was a, a simulator about being a freelance torturer and you had your contract a torturer yeah freelance torturer you you had people being brought to your basement and you had to hit them and question them and you earned money and invested it in new torture tools and stuff and i gotta say that actually that tiny browser game was what originally got devolver digital uh interested in us because Nigel came and said, hey, I want you to make this free, freelance torturer game. It was a different time. I think today it wouldn't fly. <laughs> Maybe. But 
but Nigel wanted me to do that day and I was like well it's I think it's something cool this idea but I'd rather make uh, Gods Will Be Watching which was a Another of our browser games, we've got uh, quite a, a decent amount of attention and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I know that I look it, look back at it. It was pretty bold to have Devolver come to tell you to make a game, being a really small developer that hasn't yeah. really nothing no, commercial I and said, <laughs> "Okay, thanks for the interest, but I'd rather do this other thing." Yeah. And they said yes. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I mean. Gods will be watching does still include a fair amount of torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember having conversations at some point. Uh, I remember these Skype calls in which Nigel was explaining us why it it wasn't cool to put a gun inside of a cradle and shoot a baby and suggesting that we rather change it for a 10-year-old kid. I don't know how that made it better, but that's what happened. We had that conversation. Yes. Yeah, it was so much that it's seen at the beginning. Like, uh, we, we, we wouldn't do that today. No, no, I, I mean, we changed a lot. We so, changed a yeah, lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Mm. And, uh, we are missing uh, Paula in yeah, this story. Which that. Basically, mm. it happened the same, that we were publishing browser games that were silent. I mean, no sound effect, <laughs> yeah. no music, silent browser games. And Paula saw us in, a, in an Spanish game development forum and was like, well, I'm going to tell it how she tells tells it because she's not here, so I'm not going to play the the, the pity part. But basically, <laughs> uh, she was looking at our games and she told to her girlfriend by the time, like, wow, look at what these people are doing. This is pretty amazing and I'm sure they are going to make it. I'm going to offer them to make yeah. the music for them. And she came in, offered to make the music and sound effect for free for us, and we accepted because it's better than <laughs> silence. Yeah. And I mean, happily, I mean, Paula is incredible. Yeah. How <laughs> such a talented musician comes yeah. and yeah. offers you music and sound effect mm-hmm. for free. I mean, we, we got the lottery. We won I mean, the lottery because there. I remember the songs, the tracks that she sent to you that we put in some games, for example, the, the steampunk simu- yeah. simulator that you, you told earlier. Um, we put some tracks uh, from her, but it was tracks that she sent it to you. Well, this is some things that I did in the past, and it was amazing. Yeah, and yeah. then with Godzilla Watching, I think it was the first that she actually did. The, yeah, um, Godzilla Watching was the first, the first proper composition there. for yeah. a game, and it and blew it was, our minds. Wow, this is amazing, and I think it adds so much to the mood, to the game, and I think... Mm. It's it's a it's an important part. It's a key part of our success. Really, that game, yeah, uh, yeah was a, a bit of a success. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the song "Legend," I think, the one that plays in the desert, is yeah. still one that I listen to a lot. Actually, I listen to her work a lot. Anyway, hmm. I I love that, that song track too. Is so good. I mean, we yeah. had a bit really hard time de- hard time developing that song. Wow, I remember. Yeah. Because I mean, just like watching a lot of Western movies and analyzing. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. desert vibe soundtracks, Ennio Morricone, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Paula and me is that I, uh, I I am completely an analphabet, musically speaking. I don't really know shit about music or how to communicate uh, about what I want the music to do. So I'm always extremely metaphoric. And that song, Legend, from God Will Be Watching from the Desert Level, is like the pinnacle of us trying to communicate is, uh, is something we always talk about. I was insisting to Paula that 
she tried to make the song sound as wooden snakes. This needs to to feel as, as wooden snakes, as snakes made of wooden wood. snakes. <laughs> and she was like, "But what the hell is yeah. that? How do you make that? And like, I don't know, but I want you to make me feel that." And and we, I think we kind of did it. We we managed. It's wooden snakes. That song, absolutely. Would you say JM that it sounds like a, a wooden snake? That song. Honestly, I feel so much less insane now because every time I listen to that song, I think to myself, "Man, this song is wooden snake." <laughs> of course. <laughs> And so it's a relief to know that that was the intention. Uh, <laughs> no, in no way, shape, or form have I ever thought of that. I mean, uh, I don't... Uh, uh, I mean, to me, it's a desert. To me, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely wandering through a desert and then trying again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. That one took me days because I played it when it first came out before it got... Uh, nerfed and, yeah uh, yeah with the mercy update yeah with the mercy update yeah, yeah. uh so i play i mean i i played that for days and i would sit down like with pen and paper and i would do like a map and i would like do probabilities on like where i thought it was safe to go and stuff like that so that was very much uh i mean it was that game was a, a dark souls of point and click yeah yeah it's yeah. Hmm. <laughs> ah, it's such a good track and the build, the build on it is so good because that that level you started off so many times, but like by the time you finish it, like it's so intense and so epic. And by that time, the music has also like swelled to that incredible. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the electric guitar when it comes, and yeah. you didn't know. I mean, it's like you didn't notice where it came from, and mm-hmm. suddenly you are into the desert with like. <laughs> and I mean, congratulations on beating that desert. You you beat it. Yeah, because maybe you didn't. You were with the with the notebook, and but you you did manage to beat the desert, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you are among uh, a ten percent of players who actually got past that part because we have the statistics for gods will be watching, and that level was the player killer. I mean, only ten percent of the everyone who played Ghostly Watching got to see the ending. That's yes. That's actually, if you allow me to conduct the conversation through this through this way, what uh, pushed us to start making games like the Restrings mm-hmm. Club, because the trauma mm-hmm. was so hard from people not completing our games that we decided to remove challenge art altogether from everything we did from that point on. So that's why we fell in, onto the heavily into the narrative experience stuff. Hmm. It was too much. I mean, seeing the statistics was like a, a, like seeing the reality that was happening. That a lot of people playing the first chapter and then the second uh, chapter, a lot of people dropping. I mean, not not as much. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. I mean, chapter after chapter, you saw the numbers, and it was like, wow, there's not a lot of people playing after the the first one. Uh, not a lot of people uh, completing the first one also because it was hard, the, the hostage scene on Gosluy yeah, Watson also. Super but yeah, the, the fifth episode that is the desert, I think uh, it was too much. I think it was like a, a hard puzzle and some people enjoy it, of course, and everything. And still today, some people talk about Gosluy Watson, about this game that it's like it has these passes that they are difficult but it's okay and and, and of course the people, people who like completed it it, it became we, a super we special super, game for them yeah 
we were like, oh my god, uh, this has been too much to the people. Um, we don't want this, you know. <laughs> we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Especially if we care about the stories that we're telling. If yeah, people don't get thing, to right? get to the ending, they don't get the point, yeah. kind of the story. Yeah, because yeah. it was like you don't, you are not seeing what is happening here until you go to the almost the chapter six, chapter seven. It's like I mean, until yeah, you the don't end, understand what yeah. yeah. watching until the very end. Yeah. So and then the DLC, for example, it explains a lot of of the lore of yeah. the game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it. It was. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. the game that we made. I mean, that um, it was. It is excellent as it is. I I totally <laughs> understand why you moved away from that. That makes sense. And Red Strings Club. It's incredible that you, that you you know you say you took out the challenge, um, but Red Strings Club still, I mean, is incredibly impactful. Um, you know, even without like having to play a level over and over and over again to get through it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you found a way to 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 say that. But I, you know, to God's will be watching that moment. Like the desert is, I mean, narratively, it absolutely makes sense that that it happens the way that it does. That that level is so hard, and that you don't understand like the character. Um, what's his name? Uh, Burden. Okay. Burden. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't understand what's going on with him and what's going on with the world until after you've gone through mm-hmm. and like understand why he's a legend <laughs> and like, you know, you get it. So that's incredible. And so then, yeah, moving on to, to, I guess, Red Strings Club. Jared, are you, do you, are we, do you got anything for, for Gods Will Be Watching? Oh, no, no. I, I, let's keep, let's keep it moving. Uh, so yeah, Red Strings Club. Uh, is the reason that I haven't played Essays on Empathy yet because I finished Red Strings Club and was weeping for <laughs> half an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes. And I haven't been, I haven't been brave enough to, to, to play anything else yet. I'm sorry. I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, nice games in yeah. Essays on Empathy. I mean, and, and maybe I can tell you the ones who are not so... Uh, so hard, so hard on, on, on your feelings. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's what that's that's a theme because I believe that we develop like these kind of intense narratives because when we removed decided to get away from challenge uh, after God's will be watching, we were obsessed that even if we remove the 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 challenge of of a skill or solving puzzles or stuff like that, like the the classic challenge as we understand it in video games. I We wanted our games to be challenging, even if intellectually or emotionally. So that's yeah. where we took the intensity of God's really watching and tried to put it through the, the, the narrative, throughout the experiments we were doing, because actually the Resistance Club, it's a, it's a collage of three games that we developed throughout the years after God's will be watching, because we made Zen and the Art of Transhumanism, which was a game about an android making pottery and changing humans. It was about it was about transhumanism. That's the first part of the game with Akara making the, the pottery. And then we also had a game about impersonating people on the phone, about uh, social engineering in a in a dystopic future with Brandeis making the phone calls and everything, and it became another part of the Rensselaer Club. And we also had another prototype that was unreleased that was about bartending. 
And the thing is that we got to release the Resistance Club because the struggle after God will be watching became so long that we went almost bankrupt or I wouldn't say almost, I think we went like al- no, no, virtually no, no money no, like no. because we spent like two years or maybe three, two years after Godly Watching without being able to nail the new thing, to nail what we wanted to do. Two years because it was one year trying to make a game with uh, seven people in the team like we grew big uh, uh, yeah because Godly Watching uh, got us the course of money and since we had money, we rented an office and made the team bigger and decided to take on a more ambitious project. And after oh, a year, yeah. that project really sucked. Yes. <laughs> and then we spent like almost another year doing a game that really liked, but it was too much, too ambitious for us, that it was from Ursula with Love, that it was a plain game. That it has also it had also some uh, adventure parts, some narrative parts, but it was too much for us. and. We spent with, with that project like maybe, I don't know, almost a year, I think, yeah. uh, more or less. And then we came up with the idea, okay, <laughs> we need to do something. And <laughs> through all this, we have been doing this game jams of Zen and the actor Transhumanism and Supercontinent and other Yeah, I mean, between projects, projects we are always making game jams because that's what keeps us uh, alive yeah. and mm-hmm. going with new ideas and yeah. stuff. And we thought, well, this is interesting. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, actually, I think I'm going, we can tell the, yeah, the, yeah, the proper course, story because we are on the on the forecast. And <laughs> the thing is that we were on on Ashford on the UK because Paula was living there at the moment, and we got together for a week there in, in her house at, in Ashford just to make a sprint to develop further the the flying game, the plane game, yes. and it, that's where we realized it wasn't working mm-hmm. or anything, and. We were just a bit desperate, uh, late night in the garden, sitting in the couches, smoking uh, shit tons of wheat. And we were like, oh, what are we going to do? This is, we, we, this is it. We're not going to be able to yeah. make more games. And this we, ends here right now. <laughs> yeah, it's here. And we just start, started to joke about what if we just like uh, put together our best experiments and try to sell them. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe the one about pottery and the one about making phone calls and, and the one about bartending. And we started laughing and joking about how a game with all those elements would be. And at some point, we had to be like, shh, 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 shh. Everyone, everyone shut up. This is actually cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just went like, okay, uh, I need to go. And I went yeah. and I started writing down the design document and the next day, we met with Andrew, Andrew Parsons. We said, like, Andrew, dude, you need to see this. And, and met him at King's Cross, I remember, at a, at, a, at a bar, having a beer, and was, like, with the, just the, the notebook and a, and a sketch that Marina did. And it was, like, the, we are trying to develop a game about fate and happiness that combines pottery, bartending, and impersonating people on the phone. And Andrew said, sold. How much do you want? <laughs> it was like that, just a notebook pitch. It was amazing. And that's how we that's signed right. the Resting's Club. That yeah. was what what a trip. Yes. Oh my god. That's amazing. I don't really know what I was saying all, all of this, but <laughs> No, I mean it's it's all part of the war. That's incredible. 
And ah uh, yeah, we were telling uh, talking about how at uh, why the wrestling club is like this because throughout yeah. the experiments after God's will yes. be watching, we try to put all the intensity of the of the challenge into the the intensity of of the narrative. And that's how we got into transhumanism and what about if you yeah. impersonate people and and use their identities, I don't know, like topics that we thought they were like thought provoking and stimulating and start adding yeah. like hard decisions, moral dilemmas, that what that that was something that Godly Watching had and we built upon. Mm. But we they realized that we could kept the moral dilemmas and the hard decisions even if we remove the, yeah, the challenge, the, the puzzle the, challenge yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the course, skill and the stuff. Yeah. And I'm super happy with what we achieved in that direction because mm-hmm. now with the Resins Club or the games we've done after the Resins Club, we have games that I can take to to my parents, for example. And mm-hmm. I can they, they don't play video games, but I can put the Resins Club in front of them and they can play it and beat it and come with their own ideas and... and it's to me it allowed me to connect in a way with with family and friends who don't play video games and don't understand what we do and suddenly we could mm-hmm. offer them something that okay this also can be a video game and this is what we do and to be able to speak with them of about what you do and how it made them feel and what it made them think and to feel that you were able to stimulate and connect people that you love and were until that point unable to access your work that was super rewarding to me and I feel like that's something that happened not only at a personal level but also with the world with the player base with a lot of people who can't enjoy Elden Ring or can't enjoy I don't know a lot of really challenging stuff with skills or, or, or whatever and that would still made them feel the thrill that I feel when I play Uncharted and I and I run away from a crashing helicopter and stuff, I, you can make people feel things mm-hmm. without the explosions, which <laughs> is something nice, I think. Yes. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I mean, I mean, I just no. keep like rambling on about. <laughs> no, that's 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 a point of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so yeah, yeah. Jordy, you do most of the writing. Yes. Right? Yes. But is the story collaboratively come up with, or do you like come away and then you come back and like it gets hashed out? Or how does the collaboration work on kind of the way that the of the game for you for y'all? Mm, I mean I write most of the stuff, but I mm-hmm. say that we have more like a a challenge system in the mean I mean I mean that I kind of develop the ideas that I want to write about and I pitch them to Marina and Paula and Marina and Paula put them to a test. They ask questions, they challenge those ideas, they, they see a way if, if they are weak, if we can make them better, if what characters yeah. would work better. So it's a collaborative uh, development. Even if I'm the one later tasked with actually putting the letters together, it's yeah. something of uh, always putting everything I do through the filter of the team. Is that how it works for for all of you? So, like, Marina, do you go and kind of do the art and kind of come back and do something similar with that? Yeah, yeah, I think we do all that with everything, with um, the design, with the audio, for example, the music that Paula does, and with the art, of course, because 
I'm like super um, indecisive or something like that. I'm always questioning myself if this is working or not in the game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a big help to um, show them what I'm doing and see if it catches or if it um, fits the mood of what we're doing. So yeah, for me it's always like uh, this give and back um, system that we are always in, in in constant communication of what we are doing, and I think it's a uh, is the reason that we that we work so well. Or I mean, it's it's because we work so well together that this happens. Mm -hmm. But it also I think mm -hmm. uh, it allows us to create something more. I don't know. Mm, I don't. I don't know. Intimate or or. I don't know, yeah. like it has this process, it goes through a lot of layers and a lot of things, a lot of filters that I think we create something super, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, I mean, I think it. it's a process like, so um, intimate that you hmm. couldn't really have it on a company. Yeah, because you, you yeah. cannot in a company be with this all the time, you know, it's like, okay, we have this uh, weekly meeting, for example, and it's like, okay, we see what each other is doing but we're not really constantly reviewing everything or changing stuff or you know yeah. but for example if Paula sends a track and it's like oh this is amazing but we want to change uh, some part we can go and change the, this specific part you know of the song or, or whatever <clears throat> you know it's, yeah, it's I mean, something I, so particular I feel that uh, what or technique if we want to nail it down to a technique is mm -hmm. that what we put more emphasis in is we have like this kind of emotional tax or we use it as a compass mm. like okay no matter what you do try any art techniques any sound any whatever but with these scenes or with these mechanics or with this chapter yeah. the emotion we want to create on the people who are going to play it is this and yeah. everyone try yeah. their best to evoke mm. evoke this yeah, yeah, yeah. this mood mm. and mostly the first step of developing any thing we do for a game and I mean it doesn't matter if it's the UI or the pause menu even the most silly things go through the filter of how this uh, component can reinforce the emotion that we're going for with this this work or this game mm. and that's then we have more freedom to create and stuff yeah. but always having in mm. mind like okay whatever we do always the minimal decision the colors the the yeah, typography everything, in a direction. Yeah, everything yeah. needs to mm -hmm. re reinforce go yeah. in this direction but i think also it needs to the things that we do mm, we need to like them all of us you know yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's it's yeah. all like i don't know mm, maybe i make a character or an animation for example and you're like well it's mostly okay or whatever but if you say no i don't like it i'm going to redo it or change it or or Things, whatever it doesn't work because I want everything to feel um, the better that it could be, you know. And it's it's not that you are saying it could be Paula or I don't know. I want everything to feel like this. We are all together, the three of us, in the same place, you know. That we all love what we are doing, and I don't know. Yeah, I sometimes think it's difficult, but it feels most of the time like the the quality bar is live up to the quality of your partners mm -hmm. because to me it's like you are doing such amazing art and Paula is making such amazing music that I need to live up to that because if I write something bad or design something yeah. crappy it's going to make your amazing stuff go to waste 
So yeah, and if I make characters that doesn't fit your words, it's like no, the 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 script's amazing and the the things that happen. So it it's like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. It's, yeah, I mean, it's trying to live up. I, I guess that uh, part of the the secret of this dynamic is that we are fans of each other. <laughs> and, and, and I guess that this is something that it would go against any ethical boundaries of any workplace. But I think that other of the components that makes this dynamic work is that we are on a in a polyamorous relationship, the three of us. So we are yeah. uh, love partners together, and I think that it's mixed in the in the formula yeah, yeah, of in course, a way. Of course, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. Just I'm just over here, like smiling, listening to all of <laughs> to each other. Yeah, I'm just I'm just taking it all like in. That. This is is it's like, wow. <laughs> it's a beautiful, unique <laughs> group that you are, and it's it's really incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know really how to follow that. Um, uh, yeah. Oh. You, very, <laughs> you very casually said you learned pixel art. Earlier. Excuse me? But you, you very casually just yeah. dropped like, oh yeah, and I learned pixel art and, uh, um, but your art is, your pixel art is really, really good and it, like, I don't know. I, I guess I want to ask about how you made it, how you make it so good. Like what, <laughs> what, 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 what is, what does pixel art need to, I don't know, what makes pixel, how does one work in that medium? How do you work in that medium? What does that medium mean to you? What okay. makes it good? Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> um, for me, it's like pixel art is a medium that evolved with me through the years and I evolved with it, I think that because when I started and um, even with Ghostly Watching, I like I like it a lot. I like it uh, working on pixel art and everything. But I think it was after that that I started making it my own for mm, I don't know or something like that. Like trying mm. to see what I liked uh, about it and trying to come out with uh, with ways of going through it because I don't know you can do a lot of things in pixel art but I think um, I wanted to try to capture some for example characters that fitted the themes and the ideas that we were trying to achieve and that was at the time that we started uh, being more focused on narrative so I wanted to try to to yeah, to cal to develop some characters that were different, for example, from Ghostly Watching that I like them, but I wanted for them to be more mm, realistic or humane or something like that, or more human. Yeah. <laughs> humane is not a word. Yeah. Uh, I don't know something like that. And through that, through that experiment, I also uh, played a lot with with color palettes, with the colors, and mm -hmm. it's something that I ended up loving. Totally. With the Restless Club, I, I learned a lot about, uh, I don't know, like, for me, it's like changing colors because it's what mostly do, but yeah, to play with colors as, and see what sensations that colors, um, mm, how do I say it? That the colors uh, 
no me sale la palabra. Termina en español, me translate, ya, ya. Como lo que quiere atravesar a la persona, o sea, cómo, cómo comunica eso. Uf, how it el... goes through the people who yeah, is seeing it. Oh my Be... God, it's super hard yeah. to translate. Yeah, because for sure. me, the colors are super important in the mood of everything. It's like, it's mm -hmm. all that you see. I mean, obviously the drawing itself is a thing and the forms and everything, but colors can transmit a lot, a lot of stuff. So for me, it's like a way to put you in a mood or another mood or to transmit some a lot of things and for example with the resting club this was super important because i wanted for you to feel on the resting club on the bar to feel super in a place that it's cozy that you are yeah. relaxed that you can spend a lot of time watching a lot of people game and and talking to you about their their thoughts about their feelings about what was happening with this big thing that happened in in their since club and everything and yeah. i don't know i i with that game i i mean i was going to say that i struggle because i ended up changing the color palette a week before we released the game yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's not something i am proud of because the game was okay but i was like obsessed with that like no 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 this needs to be more i don't know more i don't know i, I was mean, super and i that. i gonna go and say it i mean and, and you couldn't tell what were the changes well i can I, tell I, yeah, yeah i was like <laughs> I, I trust you it, it's a still red <laughs> but it was another another um Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's important because I, people yeah, like yeah, me yeah, can't yeah. tell, but I think that at a subconscious level, yeah, I, don't know. I feel yeah. cozier mm. thanks yeah. to that effort yeah. that you put into that. Yes, there's no, a I reviewer. Hmm. Oh, yes, I was going to say there's a reviewer I like, and sometimes he'll, he'll say, uh, you, maybe you didn't notice it, but your brain did. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, it was really important to, to end up with something that I, I wanted to be proud of. Like I wanted mm -hmm. to be to, to do something that in the end, after years, I could watch it and say, okay, I'm proud of this. You know, this is I don't know. I I wanted I wanted it to feel special because I don't know. The Rusty's Club was so special, I think, to us to make because it was really personal and we talk a lot about um, the the things that the game talks are like a lot of conversations that we had and mm -hmm. everything. So. So yeah, I don't know, in the art part, I wanted it to feel that it matched, you know, it was, I don't know, like an obsession or something. But yeah, in, in all these years, I think I developed like a style or something, but it was mostly practice, <laughs> practice. <laughs> And I think what is most important is to know that every game needs a different uh, approach in, in, in every sense. And for me, what Jordi said before that we have we have that this um, tags for every game and that is super important to follow on the art style also. I mean, to see what kind of uh, characters, what kind of resolution you want in, in your game, what colors, of course, how is going to be the scene, how is going to be the view, how you are going to play the game and everything. So yeah, yeah that, that is what for me is more important making pixel art because For me, pixel art is is all. It's not all about that, but it's a lot uh, an important part. It's, it's minimalism. It's the the thing that um, the players or the viewer um, in their minds they finish 
or the end mm -hmm. or yeah they finish mm -hmm. the the image what that, that is they're seeing so for example if you see the characters on the strings club i think everyone is going to have in their minds a different version so of donovan or akara or brandeis because you can see a pixelated version that it's you can see mm, uh, a little bit of details and everything but you cannot see how they are so i think that's also a big important part of of why pixel art for me works and i also like of course pixel art that is more detailed and, and sometimes it also works but i like this thing that it has that it it's so evocative it works i mean it do things in your mind when you are playing it mm. so i like that idea that while you are playing the games you're also like maybe in in another level maybe you're doing it like subconsciously or mm -hmm. something like that but you like imagining how they are and i don't know i think that's really powerful for me mm. yeah absolutely yeah that's great yeah yeah you, you kind of see it but the, but it's out of focus and so you're every everyone who plays it gets to fill in the details for themselves and that's yeah that's that's great yeah to me to me it's like donovan uh, mm -hmm. Would you say that Donovan is handsome? He's a handsome man. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it has the same fucking face as the rest of characters. <laughs> <laughs> but I, f I, feel, I feel Donovan's handsome too, yeah. Yeah, but the handsome that yeah. you imagine is not to say that. Yeah, yeah, so that's what makes, it makes him more handsome because each of us is projecting yeah. the handsomeness they want. Because imagine if it was like, okay, yeah, you see an sprite and he's is drawn in a style that it, oh, he's handsome, he is, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. of course he's handsome, but <laughs> it wouldn't be up to your imagination. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's handsome because of the way the other characters respond, and then I just kind of... Uh, everyone is coming in, like, saying, oh, my God, you're so handsome. <laughs> so <laughs> that's inevitable. Your mind is going to say, like, yeah, really? Okay, let me look closer. Oh, yeah, yeah, it really is. That's why I think Jared's <laughs> handsome. <laughs> what? He's <laughs> always coming in, like, hey, there's handsome Jared. You, you were projecting Jared into Donovan's face? <laughs> I mean, look, we don't have to get into too many details. Uh... <laughs> something that y'all were talking about the way that you work earlier and I think we were both a little speechless about it. it there is something that comes through your work and I mean I think even in Gods Will Be Watching especially in the DLC absolutely in Red Strings Club and I assume in quite a lot of um, quite a lot of essays on empathy um, and it's a word that is in English way overused I'm, I'm sure in Spanish yours is too um, but it is, it's, it's love, mm -hmm. right? Everything seems to be based in love of one mm -hmm. kind or another. Um, and maybe that's me, you know, just projecting, you know, that, but like this, the way that y'all work together, the mutual love and respect, um, and the way that the characters interact and what they have meaning, you know, how things mean things for them. And it's just really cool because you don't, the word doesn't show up. You know, it's not it's you're not blasting it everywhere. You're not like, oh, this is love and stuff like that. But it 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 really does feel like that indescribable sensation that is the actual thing that is love that is not just 
the word that we use all the time. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> yes. I mean, okay. I'm so happy that you say that. I mean, it makes me so, so happy that it makes you feel love or think about love. We went through this process actually talking sometimes. We were talking about what, how would, would we define our style or what we do in, in one word. And actually that's what gave name to our latest release, it says on empathy. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we, we said that what uh, conveys what we do with our characters, narratives, art and music, it's empathy. And that sometimes can be love or passion or fear sure. or I don't know. I mean, we, we talk a lot of themes about love and characters. They love each other because I, we believe it's a beautiful feeling that it's not uh, often represented in video games. Video games, I feel they are often about uh, hate a lot of time. I mean, yeah. maybe yes. not explicit hate because on, on Elden Ring, I wasn't hating millennia. But no. the way you express and interact with the wall, those are tools of hate. Those are, it's violence. Yeah. It's yeah, violence. And I mean, even in games like Fall Guys, I mean, it's cartoonish violence, but it's always about <laughs> stepping on each other and it's fun. And I mean, I love violence. I got to say it. I love violence. But I, I feel <laughs> like love, empathy, and there are many verbs that hasn't been really exploited in video games like yeah. flower arrangement mm -hmm. or browsing yeah. a bookstore or telling jokes or uh, putting yourself through an x-ray machine and cutting your skin to find what's inside. <laughs> That's a verb you... All right, I'll play essays on empathy. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mean, uh, you need to play at least, please, play uh, De Tres al Cuarto. Because it's, I think it's the one of the most personal works in on essays on empathy. Yeah, we developed it exclusively for the collection because the rest of the games are uh, experiments that we did throughout the years, and we are packing them here with some concept art, uh, documentary videos, and stuff like that. But the Tres al Cuarto we made it especially to convey the the philosophy behind essays on empathy, and it's about a couple of comedians that they go mm. to Menorca, a tiny island on, on Spain, and they are at the regional festivities, and they they are like, how do you say, teloneros? Like, the one who does the show before the actual show, how do you call that in English? Oh, the opener? Yeah, like, mm -hmm. theirs is the opener act, and no one cares about them, so it's a game about performing comedy and doing monologues, <laughs> but every reaction you get from the audience are not the usual reactions you would expect, like laughs and cheers and stuff. At most, if you do it well, you can get like some coughs, like we actually recorded like people going like, <coughs> <coughs> and you can feel like music in the background and some people selling hot dogs and stuff like that. It's like, no one cares about you. You just do, they're doing the number. And between numbers, you get to enjoy the, the island with your partner and you go on uh -huh. maybe to a bar to have a drink or maybe just go to the hotel and play the switch or go to for a stroll on the beach. And, and they, they talk a lot about the struggles we were going through uh, lately about why we do what we do and what's success and how do we measure the satisfaction out of the creative work you do and stuff like that. And I, f I wish more people would play that game because since Essays on Empathy hasn't been like 
a super big release like God's Will Be Watching on the Resistance Club and it's even a collection. Yeah. It's like even when people got it, maybe they just snuck some of the games, but that's like the last yeah, one. Yes. And yeah. I want more people. I'm, I ask from here, people who is listening to the forecast, please play. Please it. get this on Empathy, <laughs> but go directly to the last game and play it. Especially UEAM, you need to play it. And let me know about okay. what you think. I will. I will. Um, yeah. Oh, so you've... Uh, this is kind of unrelated. Uh, so you finished Elden Ring now, so we can play together now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. JM asked me and I was like, uh, my oh, first run, okay, okay. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah, to yeah. do it solo. Yeah, now we can go and be silly and destroy stuff. Yeah, and of course. Yes. Get destroyed. <laughs> Although I'm level 210, I think. <laughs> I just reached level 200. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We can be friends. (laughs) (laughs) You passed the bar. You can be friends. (laughs) Welcome to the 200 club. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's... It's so silly because uh, I do actually want to, you know, we don't, we're, we're, we're out of time. We're, we're pretty much out of time. But, you know, there's so much to talk about, about Elden Ring and how good it is. And I feel like y'all would be the people to talk to about how excellent it is. Because just there's so many incredible moods in that game. Yes. And it sucks that the only way you can interact with anything is, like, to kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I that, that's super sucked as I continued through the game because it was like whatever I see here I'm just going to have to fight it yeah um, yeah that's a shame no other way to interact yeah. but there are so many moods They've, there's such an incredible variety of you know and like uh, you know Marina you're talking about colors yeah. you know yes. when you're talking about like some of those like just the way that they make you feel like they clearly yeah. there's so many moments in that game that felt so curated that just like you're gonna feel like this when you walk up these stairs and they're yeah. just incredible hmm. um, I love the skies on the game I mean I love how oh they did every part of the game with a different skybox or a sky right it's the colors and the stars and everything the moon oh mm-hmm. my god it's amazing it's it's wow hmm. and then they redefine what a skybox is by making <laughs> it not the sky I don't want to spoil it but like you know what I'm talking about mm. like it's like this is the most beautiful skybox I've seen. Yes, yes. And it's, yes. It's, it's not the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happened mm. to me uh, because uh, I didn't play co-op, but I did invade people on my first round. <laughs> 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 You're so did mean. you win? But uh, I mean, twenty percent of the times because yeah. in this game, mostly when you invade someone, they are playing co-op, so you are one against yeah. two, or is an asshole who opened challenge. Because he, they are super prepared just to destroy you when you come in. And yeah. I, I got what I deserve for being bad. Because when you invade <laughs> a, another player's wall, you see the world in the state of that player's wall. So I got in there and spoiled myself that thing in the sky. I was like, shit, what's going what? on? I just invaded in Raya Lucaria, near Raya Lucaria. Look at the sky and it's like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it added to the narrative experience. Yeah, yeah. Just keeping yeah. thinking, like, oh my God, when is this going to happen? What? What? It was yeah. like a, like a prophecy of the future, yes. a bad omen. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, is there a uh, where can folks find y'all online? They can find us at how do you say arroba at, at deconstructing. Okay. Uh, at Jordi de Paco, 
and yours? At Marineteta. Marineteta. Mm -hmm. We have the same handles on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Great. Uh, We... I had one more question. It was just, what does it mean to be human? But hopefully people can can just glean that from everything else you've said. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I've got to do the the where to find Devolver. Jared, do you want to do the where to find Devolver bit? Uh, we got like a MySpace, right? Yep, uh, that's right. I fucked, it, I fucked it up already. Shit. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to follow Devolver on Twitter, we're Devolver Digital on Twitter. Do you want to know when we're going to stream? It's once in a while. You can follow at Devolver PA on Twitter. You could also just go to twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital and follow us there subscribe hey jared somebody somebody finally found that there's there is money coming in from the devolver digital twitch uh and someone has actually noticed that money uh, uh we, so fi- we found where that went <laughs> we, fi- we finally figured out it's just five years it later. wasn't just going into like a burn pit <laughs> I, I i don't know i guess it was just going somewhere uh and yeah um uh, karen found it that's funny um yeah <laughs> Uh, then there's a Devolver TikTok, which is going well. Uh, and Devolver is also on Facebook. If you like following brands on Facebook, which seems extra weird. Uh, and an Instagram, if you like getting ads for our games in your Instagram feed. Um, yeah, that's it. I think that's, that's all, all of them. them. Yeah. Not, a, we that's don't have a MySpace just confirming. We Oh, man. Now we got to get a MySpace. <laughs> MySpace is great. Um, Marina and Jordi, thank you so much for being here and, and sharing uh, everything with us. Uh, thank you. I mean, thank it's been so super humbling being on the 100th Yay! episode. <laughs> yeah. We knew we had to make it important and big. Uh, please give Paula our love and affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.